Hey girl, welcome to the She's Known podcast. This is a place to laugh, to be vulnerable, and of course, to grow in faith in our everyday lives. My name is Lauren, and I'm your host and big sister guide of sorts. Life is a hot mess, but it's so much easier when women like us can come together to be known. Hey guys, welcome back to the She's Known podcast. Welcome to the final episode, the grand finale of season one. Um, We are rounding out the What I Wish I Knew series with What I Wish I Knew About Forgiveness. So I don't know about you, but I've had several friendships and relationships where I felt used or hurt or there were people that I felt like were taking advantage of those I loved in my life. And I've held on to a grudge because for some reason I felt that If I would forgive them, that would be equivalent to me saying it was okay for them to do what they did. But that's not true. Forgiving, which is extremely hard to do, is just giving it to God. Does it sting? Yes, of course. But it's not consuming your mind because, well, God's handling this situation. So let your heavenly father fight this battle. Now, before we move forward with um, my points today, I was trying to think of a hot mess moment, and I don't know. Like, I feel like this past week, my life has just been really hectic because school's back in session. I'm starting to get the hang of things. Um, I mean, yesterday I went to the beach with my family. And um, I went hunting for sand crabs and I built sand castles. Oh, I fell asleep in, I fell asleep at the beach and got a sunburn. Maybe that's my hot mess moment. (laughs) But I haven't really had that many hot mess moments this week. So, well, there, I got super sunburned and I have a really cute tan line that I have to figure out how to get rid of in the next month or so because I have a wedding that I'm going to and the dress I'm wearing. Well, it's like a, a, a one sleeve dress. So like, I don't know how you explain one. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting like a one sleeve dress. And so it's got like the ones, like one shoulder and arm covered and then the other one not. And so there'd be an awkward tan there. So I got to figure that part out, but <laughs> let's just jump on in. Um, so thoughts on unforgiveness. So my first thought is unforgiveness looks a lot like bitterness. There is, I, I don't remember if it's Proverbs. 14 or Proverbs 22, but one of those, it talks about how bitterness is like literally rotting your soul. It rots you. It doesn't rot others. Like you might be like, yeah, well, I feel this way about them. I, I newsflash, honey, they're not thinking about you nearly as much as you think they are, are thinking about you. This, well, bitterness in general is, well, it's a choice to start off. And it took me a while to realize that. I remember last year, I was going through a pretty dark season with my mental health. And I remember praying like, God, I I hate being bitter. Like, why are you making me bitter? And kind of complaining to him. And then I remember having a conversation with one of my mentors that kindly called me out. And she was like, well, you do know that bitterness is a choice, right? I was like, no, (laughs) Bitterness is so not a choice. God made me bitter. God put me in this position to make me bitter. And she was like, um, no, bitterness is a choice. Bitterness is an emotion. Emotions are unpredictable and they're fleeting and, well, they lie. 
And you're choosing to believe that lie of bitterness and you're sinking into it. And I was like, no, that's not true. But it was. I'm not always good about not choosing bitterness. Sometimes it sneaks up on you and it grabs you. But um, now I know it's a choice. When I think of bitterness, one of the first stories uh, that pops into my mind is the story of Naomi. Um, And so in the book of Ruth, for those of you who don't know, Naomi is Ruth's mother-in-law. So Naomi has a husband and two sons. Both sons marry. And then her husband dies. And then her sons die. And she tells her daughter-in-laws, like, you are free to go back to your people. So one of them does go back to their people. But Ruth stays with her and is like, nope, I'm going where you go. I'm going to worship the God you worship. We're going to be together. I'm staying with you. You are my mother-in-law. I made a commitment to this family. I'm in it. And Naomi takes Ruth begrudgingly back to her um, hometown. And when Naomi shows up, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, Naomi. And she's like, no, call me Mara. And Mara in the Bible means bitter. So she was trying, she was telling everybody to call her bitter because she was mad at God. (laughs) She was mad at God for what he took away from her. She was, and I get it because I've, oh gosh, there have been so many times that I've been mad at God for taking things away from me. And it took me a while to realize well, like these things don't belong to me, right? She didn't forgive God um, because he took things from her. But something that we need to remember is that when it comes to God, everything that we have belongs to him. Our finances, our friendships, our relationships, our um, homes, our, our pets, everything that we have, he is entrusted to us. But he could also take it back whenever he wants because it's his. And just on a little side note, oftentimes we wonder why God does the things that he does. In reality, we don't really get to know why he does those things. It's above our spiritual pay grade. He has a reason for it, and we have to trust that. Just like when um, I've used this analogy before, when you know a kid wants to touch a burning hot stove and their parent says no, the kid gets mad. The kid doesn't understand why, but the parent knows why, Right? Our parents know what's best for us. So um, Naomi felt kind of like abandoned, forsaken, and all of that by God. And she was mad at God. And it wasn't until Ruth helped redeem her through Boaz that Naomi finally felt joy in her life. So seriously, unforgiveness can look so much like bitterness. And bitterness will literally rot your soul. Consider gratitude. I know it sounds like a simple thing. But it makes a world of difference. Consider gratitude and the power that it has to change the bitterness in your heart. Every morning and night, I start. So I start my day and I end my day with the Psalmful journal. I got it, I got it off of Amazon. Um, but it's really cool because it helps you look for oh gosh, I'm so sorry, my computer's making loud noises. Um, it helps you look for um, small blessings in the day, and it helps you say a prayer. It gives you a, a verse of the day, and it really helps you practice that gratitude that I think is so important. And that's that's made a world of difference in my life. So I do highly recommend the Psalmful Journal. Um, the next thing that I wanted to talk about with forgiveness was that you can't change the past, 
but you can learn from it. There's a lot of things that I wish I'd done differently in the past. And there's a lot of things that I'm embarrassed about in the past that I'm sure that you can listen back to. Um, the what I wish I knew about partying, what I wish I knew about worldly influence, all of that things. But there's a lot of things in my past that I'm not proud of, but there's a lot of things in my past that I've held onto that other people have done. Like I'll get mad at other people for things, but then I look back at my past and I'm like, oof, girl, you did the same thing. Yet you're not mad at yourself about it. It's that double standard that us humans give each other. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe someone hurt your feelings. Well, let's look. What can you control in that situation? How can you react to it? And what do you do in quote unquote retaliation? You could spread rumors, which would add to the anger and distrust inside of you and continue to decay your bones. Or you can choose, yeah, I know, scary, scary choice because we have that choice. You can choose to remind yourself that you're the daughter of the king and his thoughts of you are the only ones that matter. This is a daily practice. Forgiveness is a daily practice. It's so freaking difficult to do. Oh my gosh, wait. So today, while I'm recording this, it's a Sunday, and we had, Pastor Zach had another bomb.com sermon as per usual. Um, so it was talking about how... Um, we are to we are beloved by God, but we are also to be the love of God. So we need to one accept the the love that God has for us, right? So God has given us love, and we can't we can't give out His love if we don't accept it first. And we can only accept it if we actually know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and if we spend time with Him. Um, but then where is it? I'm looking at my notes right now from my, the sermon today. Here, uh, it is not my deeds that save me, but what did I, I can't even read my own writing. Good job, Lauren. Oh, it is not my deeds that save me, but distributing the love of God, the love God gave me to others. So my deeds don't save me, but giving my love away to others, it's, a, it's not that it saves me because you're, you're not saved through your works, but we're saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. And this is one of the things that he asks us, do you love me? Yes. If we're saved through our love and the grace of Jesus Christ, our love for Jesus, then that therefore, when we give away God's love to others and show love to others, that's showing that we know God. I feel like that didn't make really much sense. How can I explain that in a better way? Because I feel like that just like made sense in my head, but it's not coming out. Um, let's see if I can look at anything else from my notes. Okay. Our call is not to just love God, but to love all. It takes the sacrificial love God has given me and give it to the world around me. If I tell God I love him, but harbor, oh, here we go. If I tell God I love him, but harbor negative feelings for others, I'm a liar. Forgiveness, remember it will, it's like bitterness. It will rot your bones. It'll rot you from the inside out. And if you go and tell God like, yeah, God, I love you. I love you. I follow you. But then you don't love the rest of his children or you don't love the rest of his creation. He's going to say, no, you don't. 
he's going to call you a liar. And forgiveness is a part of that. You got to forgive and love, right? Um, okay, back to my non-sermon notes from today. Okay, so when choosing to remind yourself that you're the daughter of a king and that his thoughts are the only ones that matter, that's hard. It takes so much practice. And, well, I'm far from perfect at it. I try to do it, but I'm far from perfect at it. Um, but the more you the more you reflect and the more you stop playing the victim, which I do, ugh, I've done so much. It's embarrassing, but it's a fact. Blah. But it's okay because I'm reflecting on it and I'm growing from it. So, but the more you reflect and stop playing the victim and figure out how you can improve, the sooner you'll be on track for forgiveness. And again, forgiveness is not because they deserve it, but it's because you deserve to let it go and have God's peace in you. You want to be filled with God's fruits of the Spirit. You want to be filled with all of that goodness in Him. You are not forgiving somebody because they deserve it. You're forgiving somebody so that you can be filled with God's love and peace. It seems like a super simple, straightforward kind of thing, but um, in true human fashion, we make everything so complicated. <laughs> um, also, if you stay in like a fixed mindset, this is kind of the, um, the mentality of, well, this is how I am and this is how I'm always going to be. Oh gosh, I've heard that so many times, especially from my teenage students. Like, no, honey, you're at the beginning of your life. You have so much growing to do. <laughs> I really hope that you don't stay the same. But if you have that fixed mindset, you're going to have a really difficult time in life. But if you choose to be better and choose to do better for yourself and God, things are going to be a whole lot easier. He wants to use us. But if we can't grow into the person that he's intended us to become, then that becomes a very difficult task, right? I'm so glad that I'm not the same person that I was a year ago. Even like four months ago, I'm so grateful I'm not that person. And I really hope that in another four months, year, 10 years, whatever, I, I hope that I'm not the same person that I am now. I hope that I'm constantly growing because spiritual growth is super important. If you're not willing to spiritually grow, if you're not willing to grow in general, things are going to be so difficult for you. You're going to find yourself in the cycle of pity party, victimhood, all of that stuff. Just grow and be better. If you grow into the person, I let me do, let me say this. Every night when I'm praying, every day I should say, because I do it day, night, and I try to do it throughout the day. One of the things that I constantly ask God for, help me become the person that you need me to be. I pray that help me become the person, help me become the woman that my future husband needs. I want to make sure that when I meet my future husband, that I'm the woman he needs. Help me be the woman that I need to be, to be the mother of my future children. Help me to be the person that you need me to be for the purposes that you have for me, God. And that's been such a cool reflective prayer that's opened me up to like actually really examine some of my actions and thoughts. And self-reflection is scary because it's kind of in a way admitting you're wrong. And that's a scary thing to do, but it's so helpful how many times have you gone through, I know it's happened to me a lot. I've gone through situations where in the moment, it's terrible. It feels painful, uncomfortable. You don't like it. But then looking back, hindsight, you're like, I'm so glad that I went through that. Why? Because it helped you grow. And I'm so, so thankful 
Like I'm like personally, I am so beyond thankful that God has helped me grow. I'm so thankful I'm not that same person. I always want to be changing into the woman that God wants me to be. The into the woman that he wants me to be for my husband, for my family, for my niece and nephew, for my students. <sighs> okay, sorry, I got a little out of breath from that one. <clears throat> okay. Um, my next thought on forgiveness is forgiveness is not dependent on them feeling remorse, but on you releasing that feeling to set yourself free. This kind of goes back to the beginning when I was talking about um, there were some people that were taking advantage of – well, I think I, I wasn't specific in the beginning, but there was a time when there were some um, – family members of mine that were taking advantage of some other family members of mine. And it made me so angry. It made me so, so angry. (laughs) I was so angry. But when I chose to forgive them and they don't, you know, to be honest, I don't even know if they knew I was mad at them. I don't know. I don't know if they knew that I was mad at them, um, but I did choose to forgive them. I did not forgive them because they needed to feel remorse because, well, I don't think they felt remorse, but I also don't think they realized that what they were doing came across as taking advantage. So maybe that's one of those God forgive them. They don't know what they do kind of situations. I don't know, but I ended up forgiving them, not for them, but I forgave them for me. I forgave them and I knew that they, there wasn't, it's it, my forgiveness on them wasn't, oh, they finally feel bad. Okay. Now I can forgive them. No, my forgiveness was, okay, I forgive them because I'm giving that feeling to God and I'm laying as I should laying everything at the feet of God, because that's what I need to be doing here. God, here's my struggles. Here's my problem. Here's my unforgiveness. I give it to you. And that's a hard thing to do. And in some ways, it's really difficult to figure out practical ways to do that. Sometimes when I'm trying to give it to God, I will literally sit there and talk it out with, uh, if if anybody saw me, I'd be just like talking to myself or maybe it looks like I'm talking to my cat in my bedroom. But in reality, I'm talking out loud to God and trying to talk through it. And then, because I'm I'm a verbal processor. Like there are some people that when they're feeling upset or stressed or angry or whatnot, they need to like go away from the situation, step away, process it, and then come back later. I need to talk it out. And if not, I go through this like rabbit hole situation of spiral emotions. So sometimes I will sit legit in my bedroom, my bed, and like verbally out loud talk out my problems with God. And then that somehow ends in the Holy Spirit kind of coming within me and guiding my thoughts and giving me that clarity. And that's kind of what I had to do for this. You know, um, well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think I said it in my Instagram thing too. (sighs) Oftentimes feelings lie. I am an emotional person, an extremely, like, like super emotional guys, super emotional. I have to check myself constantly. And I legitimately ask myself, did they actually do the thing to you? Or are you just overthinking and reading into things? 
and that's causing you to be upset. More often than not, it's the latter. Our feelings lead to rash and impulsive choices and impulsive words. I know I've been the victim of these emotional outbursts, but subsequently, (laughs) I've also been the nasty bearer of these emotional outbursts. There was one time when I was in high school, my family legit had to have an intervention for me. It was uncomfortable. It was scary. I could still picture where we were, what I looked like, what they looked like, and all of that stuff. Um, And I was like, quote unquote, so offended. I was so offended that how dare they call me out on my childlike behavior. As a high schooler, I was not childlike except for the fact that I was extremely childlike. And I was so offended that they would call me out on my behavior until my therapist agreed with them. And that was a hard pill to swallow. And it's embarrassing to look back and go, oh gosh, I did that. I acted that way. I did not act my age. But it's okay because I've grown. And you will grow too. I'm continuing to grow because God just does amazing things, you know? So it's fine. Um, We often think that our forgiveness means letting them off the hook or that they need to feel remorse and apologize or that forgiving them is saying, hey, everything is a-okay. But that's not true. Forgiveness is just setting yourself free. It's giving it to God, filling yourself with peace and setting yourself free. If forgiveness was circumstantial and based on the other person and their feelings, No one would forgive. There's so much pride in our society. There's so much pride in our world. And if we had to wait, it's like the the whole saying that if you wait for um, the time to be right, then you'll be waiting forever. That's kind of like if everybody waited for forgiveness, if, if everybody waited to forgive for the other person to feel bad for what they did, nobody would forgive. Because oftentimes people don't think that their actions are wrong. Sometimes the Holy Spirit convicts us. We feel guilt. We feel shame. We feel all the things. And we're like, oh my gosh, I need to change. But oftentimes, in especially in today's society, we dig our heels in because no, we are not wrong. We are right. And this is how it should be. And so if we had to wait for everybody, like if forgiveness was circumstantial and it was based on the other person, then no one would forgive. Zah! Think about it this way. There are so many instances. I, I know because um, I've, I've seen it multiple times on like the news and like things like that. And I look at them like, what? How do you do that? But there's so many times, so many instances where people who have had relatives, uh, um, who were relatives of a murdered family member, forgave the person who murdered their relative. Like that's mind blowing to me. Have you seen those? Like, I've seen those where it's like, you know, you know, the mom forgave um, this person for murdering their child. That I can't even imagine being. I feel like I'd be holding a grudge if somebody like kicked my cat. I can't even imagine forgiving somebody for murdering my child. Right? It sounds like that's an area of life that God needs to work in me. But they're not saying hey, it's okay that you murdered my family member. But they are choosing to move on and try to focus on the gratitude that God has brought into their life. 
they're not choosing to forget about it. Okay, so don't don't be taking my words and twisting it. They're not choosing to forget about it. They're just choosing to redirect their thoughts from my life is over because this evil person did something evil to God. I don't know why you you brought, you know, you took my child home or I don't know why you took this person home, but they're with you now. And I know that it's for a reason and I know you're going to do some good things in my life. Um, I have some Bible verses that I just wanted to share with you guys too. Um, Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If you, if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. God forgives us all the time. All the time. I remember watching something about how like when I get to heaven, the one person that I want to talk to is Eve, first of all. Like, yeah, hey, what's up, Jesus? Hey, God, that's cool. Eve, girl, we have to talk. You ate the fruit. You were tempted by the freaking little silly snake in that garden. You ate the fruit. And now um, we have to go through a lot of suffering. And like, I don't have children yet. But when I have children one day, like I'm going to have to have labor pains that are three times as strong. Like, girl, you have some explaining to do. But forgive as the Lord forgave you. The God's, the God, God has forgiven me for a lot. He's forgiven me for some not great things that I've done. So what makes me better than Eve? What makes me better than anybody else? God forgives us. So why can't God forgives us for far worse that we do? That we're not willing to forgive other people for less that they've done. I feel like that came out weird again. I'm really not making sense today, but it's making sense in my head. God looks at us and says, why are you not forgiving them for the small thing they did? Because I've forgiven you for the massive thing that you have done. And that's a perspective shift that I've had to learn. Jeremiah 31, 34 no longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me for the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. When God forgives us, he wipes the slate clean. He forgets about it. And I'm not saying when somebody does you wrong, forgive and forget. I'm not saying that. But I am saying, try to wipe that slate clean, not for their sake, but for yours. Luke 23, 34 says, um, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing as they divided up his clothes by casting lots. I kind of said this earlier in the episode with the scenario of, you know, the family members that I was really holding a grudge against and that I was really bitter towards. I genuinely, like looking back, I genuinely don't know that, I, I don't think they realized what they were doing. I still don't think they realized what they were doing. So I feel like it's one of those, like, Lord, please forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And that's what's happening here is Jesus is asking his father to forgive these sinful human beings for all of the evil things that they are doing to him because like, hey, they don't know you, God. They don't know you, so please forgive them. Like, it takes a pretty awesome person to do that. Gosh, Jesus is a G. I need to learn. I mean, we all need to learn from him, but 
when in doubt, you know, the, the what's the, the WWJD? What would Jesus do? One of my girls gave me, one of my students gave me that bracelet and I wear it like all the time now. Um, Luke 637, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Let me repeat that last one, that last line of this verse for the people in the back. Forgive and you will be forgiven. It's a hard thing to do, but it's something that God asks us to do. Again, it goes back to, I forgave you for your massive oopsie. Can't you forgive them for their teeny oopsie? Because we're not perfect. We all mess up. Even though we think we're perfect human beings, we're not. We are so not. Only Jesus is. And then we got Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister <laughs> who sins against me? Up to seven times? <laughs> I think that's so funny. Silly Peter. I only need to forgive him seven times, right? Seven chances and then we're good, right? And Jesus answered, I'll tell you not seven times, but 77 times. I thought it was seven times seven. 70 times to seven times. I don't know. But I just think that's so funny. Like if God only forgave us for seven oopsies that we've done, like I don't know about you, but I'd be screwed, right? Basically with all these verses, oh, my volume's funky wonky. Um, basically with all these verses, um, like there's, and there's so many more that are on forgiveness, but let God set you free. Let him deal with the sins of others. It's not our place. We are not him. It's not our job. Our job is to love. Our job is to be kind. Our job is to spread the word about the good news. It's not our place to deal with the sins of others. All right. The fourth thing, um, redirect your focus. This one is simple to say, but in practice, it's so difficult. As I feel like a lot of things are easy to say, but then really difficult to actually implement. Um, your thoughts go into a cycle, right? The words and thoughts that you consistently think and say embed themselves into you. You know the saying, you are what you eat? Well, you are what you consume in every aspect. And consume can mean think and speak. You are what you consume. You are what you think and speak. You are what your thoughts are. And you are what your mouth says. There's like a part in James, the book of James, where it talks about like, careful of your tongue. And this is clearly paraphrasing. But it's something about careful of your tongue because your things from your heart come out of your mouth. So just like check yourself before you speak kind of a thing. Um, oh, yeah. Wait, look at me. I thought I was pulling that out of my butt, but I actually wrote it down. The verse, James 3, 9, uh, the, the power of the tongue, it says, uh, so James 3, 9 through 10, the NIV version says, With the tongue we praise our Lord the Father, Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praising and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. You are what you say. You are what you think. And if you are praising God with the same mouth that you're cursing others, 
oof, we need to do some soul searching in there and we need to dig a little deeper. Our words and our thoughts are so, so powerful. Whether you realize it or not, they have an impact. It took me a while to realize that, like as a teacher, I don't think that my students listen to me half the time, but in reality, the words that I say and the things that I do have an impact on them, positive or negative. And I need to realize I need to be the light and salt of the earth for them. I need to be the kingdom representative for them. I'm not representing myself. I'm representing like I'm representing another kingdom in eternity. And I need to do that justice. I need to do that justice so that I can disciple and bring people to God, which is the goal. Um, like our words are so powerful. They li- like they literally create your habits. They fuel bitterness or they can fuel your joy. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be that bitter old angry lady one day on the front porch that yells at kids to turn down their like horrid music, you know? Hey, kids, turn that horrible ruckus down. Like in your little rocking chair on the porch, just calling all the evil children out for skateboarding and being loud. I don't want to be that person. I'd much rather be the neighborhood grandmother who everyone wants to come to for good advice and like have lemonade on the front porch or whatever little cute grandma narrative you can think about. But I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to go back to that way of thinking. I don't want to be a Mara. I don't want to be a Mara. I don't want people to call me Mara because I'm bitter. No, I don't want people to look at me and go, ugh. I don't really want to go talk to Lauren or be around Lauren because Lauren's just so bitter and angry and she don't she holds grudges and doesn't forgive people. No, I want people to look at me and realize, hey, there's something really cool and this light in that girl. And I know that light is not of her own. That light is God. I want we are made in the image of God and I want to be that reflection and representation of him and I want to do it well. I want to be a positive I want to make a positive kingdom impact. <clears throat> Okay, and breathe, breathe, Lauren, breathe, Lauren. Um, the last thing, this is, yeah, the last thing is um, when in doubt, pray. Praying is super simple, super cliche, right? I get it all the time. It's, I'm feeling down. Have you prayed about that? I'm feeling stressed. Have you prayed about that? Oh, I really want to get married one day. Have you prayed about that? I can't wait to have children. Have you prayed about that? I can't wait for insert whatever here. Have you prayed about that? We like, it sounds so silly and it gets annoying because I get really frustrated sometimes when I'm like, you know, I'm this, um, I'm 29, I'm single. I have no prospects of a husband and I want to have a husband and a family and I want to do X, Y, and Z, but like, it's getting so hard. And then have to have somebody come up to me and go, have you prayed about that? Well, Becky, I actually have prayed about that, <laughs> but it does praying when somebody says, just pray about it. Just pray. It sounds so annoying and corny. And it sounds so cliche and it's one of those like, gee, thanks, Lauren. It's like, I wish I should have known to pray. Of course we pray, but sometimes we do it in a robotic way. I know that saying just pray about it is kind of the same thing as telling someone with depression, hey, just be happy. But hear me out for a second. 
Prayer is so powerful, so powerful. And even though we think we're praying, we sometimes just get stuck going through the motions of saying a repetitive prayer, right? Um, oh, brain fart. I was going to give an example, but I totally forgot. But we sometimes get stuck in like, you know, at night, okay, Lord, thank you for this, 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 and this. Uh, amen. Or we get stuck in the cycle of, Lord, I'd like this. Lord, I'd like this. We don't even give thanks. We just kind of ask, right? But prayer is so powerful when you do it intentionally and when you do it meaningfully. But the key is to do it intentionally. As my pastor said recently, um, he said something along the lines of prayers, not like the lottery. You throw something out in the universe and hope it sticks. It's not like that. Very few people have won the lottery. But when he asked the congregation who has had an answered prayer, everyone's hand went up. Prayer is not like the lottery. You hope you get it. Prayers are answered all the time. And prayer is so powerful. I've seen miracles happen from a group of us gathering and praying. Um, prayers, oh, so, so powerful. Okay. Um, what we little humans think often is what I pray for is what I will get, but I'm so, so sorry, honey. That's not true. What you pray for, you could get if you believe in the faithfulness of our God. But in reality, when you pray, your answer from God is one of four things. God will say yes. God will say no. God will say not yet. And God will say, I have something better. Just because you ask for it doesn't mean he's going to give it to you. But you never know what you could get unless you ask for it. The key is to be intentional and to ask with um, thanksgiving and to ask with praise and to ask with faith. Ask with faith. There's, you know, the, the, the person in the Bible that was like, Lord, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe you need to pray that. Maybe that's something you need to ask for. The Bible in itself is a story not of our faithfulness to God. Because if it was, the Bible would be so flawed because we're not faithful to God. We can be, and we have moments of faithful faithfulness to God. But the Bible is the story of God's faithfulness to us. You could see it everywhere. Everywhere. Pray for God to work in your heart and wrap it in the forgiveness that you should give. Ask him to search your heart for bitterness and for grudges and to soften your heart and to forgive. I've asked God for this multiple times. When I had hit a few years ago, when I hit like the pit of my, I was in a really, really dark place and it was like my depression was consuming and I was considering, hmm, I made that stupid consideration that somebody, that nobody would miss me if I was gone kind of a thing. And, oh gosh, I look back every day and I'm so, so grateful that God has brought me to the other side of that because I have, I'm happier than I've ever been where I'm at. Yes, I have some good days and bad days, but God has brought me so much joy and fruitfulness and the amazing things that he's done in my life. I asked him, to search me. At the end of, I think it's uh, Psalms 139, there's that scary line. 
Lord, search me and find anything that is not of you and empty it from me. And I ask God for that all the time. I asked him, we had communion today at church. And that was one of the things before I took communion that I was like, Lord, please. There's something inside of me that's like missing if you're not there. And I know you're always around even if I don't feel you, but please, please search me and find what's not of you. I feel like I'm being kind of, um, I don't know if it's spiritual warfare lately or what. I'm going to start leading a, um, <clears throat> a youth Bible study group for like junior high and high school girls. And I don't know if it's just like the voices in my head, the enemy, my flesh even saying like, you can't do it, you can't do it. But it's just really frustrating. And so I had to ask God, like, search, search my heart, search my soul, search my being, search everything about me for what's not of you and get rid of it. Protect me from that. But not only am I looking for things that are not of God that are standing in the way of that, but I ask for, you know, do I have any grudges that I'm holding? Soften my heart. I don't want my heart to be hard like Pharaoh was in, in, um, Genesis and Exodus. I want to be set free of that. Ask God to give you courage to forgive those who've wronged you. It's so hard. And I still like, I still don't agree with people that I've forgiven, but I've chosen to give it to God and walk away. I'm telling you guys, prayer is so powerful and it's also to uh, it's also important to note that it's not like a one and done situation. You constantly should be praying. Notice I said prayer and not complaining. You're praying, you're not complaining about your circumstances or what they did wrong to you. But you're constantly in prayer, giving praise, asking for faithfulness and having a conversation with our creator. I think the other night, or my other notes. Yep. The other night at, um, because I'm a youth leader too, the other night at our um, Wednesday night youth service, our pastor gave us the acronym PRAY, which was how to pray. So it was, um, you know, PRAY, P-R-A-Y. So P stands for praise, R, repent, A, ask, Y, yield. So always start with prayer and thanksgiving. Repent. And then second is repent. Repenting is just turning back to God. And then it's asking. Now, this this asking part is making sure that you are asking and not complaining. Asking and not complaining because the world does not revolve around you. And then yielding. Make sure that you're looking for and yielding to what God actually has for you and not thinking you know what's best. And again, um, re I reiterate, the Bible is not about our faithfulness to him, but it's about his faithfulness to us as his son and daughters. The power of prayer is an amazing thing because it transformed my life. He answered prayers in ways that I never thought he would. He softened my heart. He helped me forgive. He helped others forgive me because let's be real. There were times when I've done some stupid stuff and I've messed up and I don't deserve their forgiveness, but God has led them to forgive me anyways. And I'm just beyond grateful for 
Well, I'm beyond grateful for everything that God has done for me in my life and given me in my life. He has truly transformed me. All right, that is it for the final episode of season one. That's it for season one. You guys, we did it. We finished it. Um, so just to review the my thoughts on forgiveness. Uh, one, unforgiveness can look a lot like bitterness. Don't let bitterness consume you. Choose to focus on the good. Um, two, you can't change the past, but you can learn from it. Three, forgiveness is not dependent on them feeling remorse, but on you releasing that feeling to set yourself free. Don't wait for them to feel bad to forgive them. Forgive them because it's what's best for you and your relationship with God. Four, redirect your focus. Don't worry. Be happy. Um, and then five, pray. The power of prayer is an amazing thing. I've had so much fun um, with this first season. It's been a really cool, like, creative outlet, but also a way for me to just kind of get God's word out there. I really hope that it's making a difference in your guys' life. Please rate, subscribe, comment, share. Please share. I really would love to see... I'd love to see this podcast reach so many people that like so many young women that it can help. Um, let me know if there's anything specific you'd like to hear in seasons to come. We are transitioning into fall. I'm so excited. It's my favorite season. And I, I have some ideas for what I want my next season to, to um, be about or what I want to talk about. But um, please send me an Instagram message if there's something you'd like to see or something like that. Please, please, please rate this with a positive review. So the, the, the more positive reviews, the more um, the podcast gets put in front of people like you and me. And I mentioned in one of my first few episodes that a podcast was the main reason that I came back to seeking Christ-centered friendships, relationships, and church altogether. Um, so, yeah, please, please, please rate, share, review. Let me know what you want to hear. Um, I'm super excited for fall. I've got um, a little bit of a logo change coming up to match the season. And, yeah, um, I'll be back in maybe a few weeks with a new season. Hope to see you guys there. <laughs>